Welcome to Maximum Octane and your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution in the automotive industry. I'm your host, Kim Hickey, former shop owner turned industry educator, speaker, and entrepreneurial motivator. Each week during our ride together, you will hear unfiltered stories of inspiration and transformation shared by successful business owners and CEOs. Their experiences will motivate you to do things you never thought possible, encourage you to reach your full potential, and help you to exchange unproductive habits for productive ones. While many of my guests will be related to the automotive industry, it's crucial in the world of tomorrow that we stop being silos and we open our minds to ideas and inspiration from other industries as well. We also know that to be truly successful in business, you must have a healthy work and home life balance. All of my guests are handpicked with these crucial elements in mind. Our industry is evolving by the second, and we need to as well. Buckle up, because here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of Maximum Octane. As I always start out everything, I'm super excited because, again, I get to pick who I talk to, so that excites me. So I will always be excited when we start, and I guess we all need to worry if I do pick somebody that doesn't excite me. So... If I ever don't say I'm excited at the start of this, it's probably not going to be a good episode because that means I don't like who I have. That's a bad sign. That's a a dead giveaway. That's a bad sign. Oh, I hate I hate this person. But we're going to talk anyway. We're going to do it. 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 So anyway, joining me today is a dear friend and colleague, Mr. George Zeeks. How are you, George? How are you doing, kid? I'm doing awesome. Wonderful to hear. And George is the Director of Member Services for ATI, which encompasses a lot of things. And we could fill up an entire episode of all of the things that George does. So we won't do that right now, but you'll be able to check him out by his links that I'll provide at the end. And George, we're going to you have a very great topic for us, which is the three questions that can solve any problem. Yep. And what? What makes you qualified to give this advice? Oh, that's a really good point. That's a really good question. So that's kind of like the elevator pitch, right? You know, what you do and, uh, you know, you can describe everything that you do and, and it, it sounds extremely boring and awkward. When people ask me that, I say, you know, I, I make people successful. And then people say, well, what does that mean? You know, how do you, uh, uh, successful at what? Anything they want. So what do I do? Um, I what make makes you qualified? Oh, so make, what think, makes you qualified? Okay. Think so Marissa the, Tomei on the witness stand and my cousin Vinny, when they asked her, what makes you qualified to be an expert in this topic? Okay. So there's, a, I mean, there's a lot of different reasons. I started my first real business at 17 so that I could afford to pay for college because I wasn't smart enough to get straight A's and I wasn't athletic enough and there was no money. So I started my first business in college, took me five years. By the time I was done in seven and 82, I was putting about uh, 12 to 1500 bucks a week in my pocket. And then I quit that to go join the army and jump out of planes and blow stuff up, which I was pretty good at. I really liked that. And that really between learning how to sell when that's how you feed yourself and that's how you pay your bills, you know, how to interact with people. And I got to tell you, there, you know, at 17 and 20, you make so many mistakes. It's just a matter of, did you learn from them? 
and then the military, of course, you know, when you're uh, it, when you're in charge of other people and you're you're dealing with foreign nationals trying to get them to do things that they don't want to do, and they don't necessarily like you, and you don't even speak the same language. Okay, problems happen, and you got to figure out a way to solve those problems. I've been a coach at ATI for 17, almost 18 years now, and I've owned my own shop along with a couple other businesses along the way. So let's just say at my age, I've been through just about every problem that you can come up with, and, and I have a little bit different take on it. And we also have some interesting certifications with between Google and all of that, but I think specifically... With this, you're you're certified through John Maxwell's program. You're a certified executive coach as well. You have some college time and did uh, some things about psychology a little bit and some other things. So I feel that you're qualified. I, I forgot. I, I am a certified life coach. I'm a certified executive coach. I'm a certified uh, genius uh, coach. Um, I'm in the emotional process of intent, getting... Emotional intelligence practitioner. Yes, yes. So there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of different first, certifications. You're, you're like a week first. away from profit first. So a week away from profit first. Well, I just wanted to, because I think sometimes when people come on, they're like, well, who are they and why should I listen to them? And so the most important thing out of all of the experience and certifications for you is your boots on the ground, actually doing things, experiencing things, going through ups and downs figuring it out along the way. And a lot of your things, in addition to the education and schooling you have is self-taught from being able to say, okay, well that didn't work. So (laughs) let me try something new. And you always, one of the things I most admire about you is you never stop learning. And it, it doesn't matter if, if we have a conversation about, I have a, iguana in my yard today you're like iguanas and you'll google it do you know that they eat x amount of pounds of insects a day and they live this or that you are an information and education junkie and so sometimes the things that you share that you've learned online we don't all need to know but for most of it (laughs) there's a lot of stuff that i get scrolled in the little little rabbit holes it's like okay that was interesting but i can't share that with anybody so that's not going to help and, and, and Kim, you bring up a really good, really good subject or a really good question. So if, if you're listening to this podcast or if you're watching this or, or whatever, here's the thing. When you're listening to someone and they're saying things, if they don't feel true to you, it, I mean, it's possible that you're in denial, okay, and they're right, but it should, there, a light should come on. You should go, that makes sense. Okay, that I, I feel that I, that resonates with me, because then it's on your wavelength. It, it's something that you can go and apply without a lot of extraneous effort and, and changing the way you talk and the changing the way uh, you do things. You know, I'm going to ask you to change the way you think during this, okay? Because if you have a problem with someone. There's a reason why you have a problem with that someone, you know, you know, specifically employees, but it could be a family member, it could be a spouse, it could be, you know, a significant other, it could be, it could be anything. Okay, if you have a problem, there's very specific reasons why you have those problems. So the things that I'm saying to you, it should, you should go, okay, that makes sense. 
Well, you know, according that, to yeah. most people, when you speak to them about problems, it doesn't have anything to do with them. And it's all the people around them. It's it's always <laughs> it's always somebody else's. This person did this and this person did that and this person did this. And it's you never hear the Wow, I maybe didn't present myself in the best light or have the best behavior or make the best decision. It's a lot of times much easier to blame someone else. Right. And. Well, it, it's it, that boils back down to if you're going to blame somebody else for the problem, did you really want to resolve it to begin with? This is about resolution. Okay. It's about making things better. There are times when we don't want to make things better. Okay. And, and that's fine. You know, there, there, there are people that you're not going to get along with. Okay. And if that's the case that, you know, if you're, if you're determined to not get along with them, then don't be around them. Separate yourself from them. Life is short. By the way, you're going to die. Okay. It's going to happen. So in the short time that you have here on this planet, have fun, you know, do things that are, that, you know, encourage and enrich you and your life. Okay. And if you're around negative people, stop being around negative people. It's interesting. And I know this is not the topic, but it kind of is the topic. You know, so if you guys take it's a real okay, hard It's okay, George, because you know what? It's my show, so I can go in any direction. There you, you'll, you'll love this part. So take a good look at Kim. Now, Kim is probably the, mo, the, 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 the least likely person to become a crackhead that you could ever imagine. Okay? I mean, just look at her. Can you see her as a crackhead, you know, crawling around on the floor looking for little rocks of crack cocaine that they could put it back on the pipe? You know, the, you know, I saw that on Discovery Channel. That's how I know about that. So anyway, it, no, it's not. That's not her. That's not Kim, right? But if you took Kim and you locked her in a house and you sealed all the windows and doors and you fed them, you know, give them anything they want to eat, whatever they want to drink, and unlimited crack cocaine, and you put her in a house with ten other crackheads and made her live there in a year and isolate what she hears and sees to only those 10 people, at the end of the year, Kim will be a crackhead. That's what's going to happen. We're social animals, and there are very, very, very few of us that can stay outside of that tribal pressure, you know, that the need to conform to the group. And when it's nine against one, and you're, you know, it's possible, and some of you out there are probably going, oh, well, that wouldn't happen to me. Yeah, all the studies show that you will do, you, that's what will happen. You'll join the tribe. Okay. That's just what happens. Well, know? I'm going to be in denial right now and, and say to everyone that I will make everyone else get off crack and change the way they think. So that's what I'm going with. And, 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 and it's my little world so I can do whatever I want. You know, you're making me think of something simple. We kind of laugh and I talk about sometimes that everything and there's books, everything you need to know, you can learn from a five-year-old and all of that. And, this kind of goes back to one of the fundamental things that growing up, everybody's mother, grandmother, whatever, the, I think the saying was you run with dogs, you'll be a dog or I don't. And, you know, when you're younger, you're like, what the heck are you talking about? And there's always that friend that they were like, listen, this isn't a good person for you to be around. And you get upset and you're like, I can make my own decisions and, you know, I'm not stupid, but you need to surround yourself with people that want the same things. And and I don't mean that this person wants a diamond. And so I have to want diamonds, but that are want to elevate themselves, whether it's professionally or education wise or anything else, you want to be around people that can help bring you up and not drag you down. And hopefully 
if you're in a group that's a reverse, you're helping to raise them up and not going the opposite. Like in your fine example of me being a crackhead. Yes. That, well, <laughs> so let's, let's quote Hannibal Lecter, which is really not Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal Lecter got it from Marcus Aurelius. You know, what do we covet? We covet the things that we see every day. Okay. So if you want to improve yourself, surround yourself with people that are better than you at something, at everything. They have a, if you want a better outlook on life, surround yourself with people that are like that. So you will, when you surround yourself with people like that, you want, you want to act like them. You will covet that and you'll be, you'll start to change your personality. Now we have baseline personalities that under stress you always revert to, but it's one technique that you can do that. Surround yourself by successful people. Chances are you're going to become more successful. Different mindset. So let's talk about these three questions. And how did when you, you come have a up? Problem. How did you come up with this? Because I am always fascinated with the inner workings of your mind and what leads you to these things. Okay, well that's a really good question. I, I mean, I read a lot. I watch a ridiculous number of TED talks. I watch them on, on, on all. I read on all different kinds of things and watch all different kinds of things. This really is just come from. It's just common sense. And as I interact with people, right? I mean, I, I coach members, I coach people on, on how to be more successful, how to be happier, how to be whatever. Whatever you want to achieve, we can help you. Okay, so it comes down to certain things. And I just realized that these are the three things that, that set up problems and they solve problems. And I started using them and they worked over and over again, and it just, it, to me, it's a, it's a total truism. But that's going to be up for you guys to judge when this is over. Does this feel true to you? And then you need to go out and apply it. So, for instance, I've, I've owned an automotive shop. I've been an automotive coach. I coach owners of automotive shops. But it really doesn't matter what business you're in. Again, it doesn't matter if it's even family. But so I... I, I co-wrote a leadership class that we taught. And, um, and I've actually, I actually taught that to the, the, in Maryland to the Anne County Fire Department. I taught it to multiple times. They would pull different firehouses in. You can Google that. It's, it, you know, that was fun. It was, it was fun adapting the, that content to that audience. But one of the things that they had the same issues and I taught them the same things, but people would say, my, my people take too many breaks. You know, they're on their phone too much. You know, they're smoking too much. They're talking too much. They're, they're looking at Facebook too much. You know, what limits should I put on them? Should I take their cell phones from them? Okay, well, here's the problem. One, you never give an order that you think they're going to say no to. Okay, or you know they're going to say no to. I mean, that's a, that's a bit of thing that's been around the military forever. You never give an order they're going to say no to. You just you just don't, okay? Because now you got to try to back it up and force them to do that. So you got to think a little, be a little smarter and walk around the barn on that one, okay? But the key here is is whatever order or rule that you set up is a rule that you got to enforce. I want to set up as few rules as possible so that people self enforce. So for instance. When someone says, what do you do, George? My people are on, they're on Facebook too much. They're on the cell phone talking too much. They're on whatever too much. Okay. 
How much time should I let them have? How many, how many smoke breaks should I let them have? I don't care. I could care less. I don't care how many smoke breaks they take. I don't care how long they're on the phone. I don't care how long they're on Facebook. I don't care. Because that's not the point. You know that you're freaking people out right now, but yeah, ahead. I know. I, I it's, <laughs> but you, wait, we're going to get there, okay? But I can't just jump there because you, you know. Here's the deal: if you're listening to this and if you're interested in this, that means you want to change something, okay? So everybody says, "Well, I'll change something. I'll, I'll start going to the gym when I'm motivated." Well, you, you'll never be motivated. It doesn't work like that, okay? You have to create emotion. And emotion creates motion, motion creates movement, movement creates motivation. That's the way it works. So you have to create that emotion inside yourself. What do you want? Okay, you, what do you covet? What is the thing that you want? So I don't care what they're doing. What I care about is what do they get done? So the first thing I, I whenever someone says, I'm, and I actually went through this, I, I'm, I'm working with a, you know, with a shop owner right now about one of their employees and, and this is a very free flowing conversation and he picked somebody and he said, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't like this guy. He, and I said, why don't you like this guy? He says, well, he's lazy. Okay. So what is it about him? That's lazy. Well, he, he doesn't get enough work done and, and he doesn't move very fast. And sometimes when I'm behind him, he's moving. So, so I want to push him. Okay. Wow. Okay, so that's a, you know, we've reached a whole nother level of, you know, this isn't just a, I'm unhappy with. a physical manifestation of moving this guy along. That's kind of scary. Yes. I mean, this is a situation where, you know, we've gone past, you know, production and we've, we've gone way past that. So we have to back up a little bit. And, and I said, okay, so let's back up to the, the, the laziness part, right? And this goes right along with how long they smoke, you know, the first question you have to ask yourself is what do I expect from this person? Now, maybe it's uh, someone who works for you, right? And, and you don't feel like they're, you feel like they're taking too much time off or they're not paying enough attention to their work or their, you know, whatever. Okay. Or your kids, you expect better grades or you know, whatever. What do you expect from them? And you have to very clearly be able to answer this question. It should be very, very easy for you to answer this question. If it's not at top of mind, if you can't say this is what I expect as far as metrics, as far as time, as far as production, as far as school grades, as far as whatever it is, okay, this is the metric that I expect from them. So I asked him that, and he said, well, I want him to do more. Well, what a wonderful owner answer. I want them to do more. Okay. You know, well, heck, everybody wants them to do more. I bet you the NFLs get ready to start up. I bet you every coach in the NFL wants their players to do more. Okay. But you have to quantify that. Okay. How many yards do you want me to run? How many tackles do you want me to make? How many balls do I have to catch? Okay. It boils down to something that you have to, something that's measurable. And it also goes back to behaviors. What are the behaviors that you expect from them? Now, write everything down. What do you expect from them? Problem is, is a lot of you are going to hem and haw, and you'll be able to write two or three things down, okay? And then ask yourself, okay, with those two or three things, if they did those two or three things, would that solve the problem that I'm talking about? 
Maybe, maybe not. Probably not. You're probably going to have to dig a little bit deeper. You have to really explore what is your expectation of this person and lay it out as clearly as possible. Who is going to do what by when? What exactly is the metric? You know, how many yards, how many catches, how many widgets do they have to make? How many calls do they have to make? How many, what their sales number is? What do the grades need to be at school? What, what, you know, with your kids, how many chores, okay? With your, with your spouse, you know, you want your husband to, 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 you know, this is a common problem. I know I'm going off the track, but I'm not. Here's the problem. Men work. And yeah, men work hard. I'm a, I'm a man. Yeah, I'm a man. I'm a man. I work hard. Okay. But I make it a point on Saturday morning. My wife sleeps in until 10. I can't. I'm up at five. Before she gets up, I clean the bathrooms, except for the one that's off the bedroom. I clean the bathrooms. I pick things up because the grandkids are always around and they don't dirty things up, but they, you know, so I tidy and I clean and I'll mop the floors. I'll get as much done as I can before 10 o'clock. And here's the thing. One, it keeps, it keeps the family happy. I'm pulling my load, but really I'm doing it for very, very selfish reasons. Because once she gets up and she has her coffee and da-da-da, now it's playtime for the rest of the day. Maybe we got a couple things we got to do, but I want to play. I want to have fun. So I'm going to get that crap done early. The problem is, is, is when we talk to our significant other, if we want them to do something, do we talk about one, what's the expectation? Okay. You know, what do you expect from them? Because having had that conversation with a spouse, with a child, with a worker, with a salesman, with a, you know, a, a player, that expectation has to turn into a set of standards. So right through the, as I go through, I'll tell you what to write down. First words, expectations. What are my expectations? As clearly as you possibly can put them down. Those expectations, how do I turn them into standards? Now, what, what do you mean standards? Okay, well, standards of performance. Okay. I'm, Are there, I'm, I'm giggling right now and I don't mean to throw you off track, but I'm, I'm just imagining you telling Mrs. Zeke that this is a standard of performance that I expect from you. And I'm pretty sure that one of your guns or tomahawks from behind your head would be thrown at you. But anyway, I, I, I understand. So what, just cause I'm sure people are listening going, I, I can't say that. So c- continue on. I just don't want anybody freak out and be like, I can't say this is a standard I demand. Yes, you can, because let me explain to you what happened. Thank you, Kim. So we have, right now I have all the weapons that I need. I mean, I've got more. I can supply the whole whole community. I'm good to go. Zombies come out. This community is set. We're good, okay? But here's the deal that we made very early on, right, expectation and standards. And the standard was if I buy something, right? A weapon, you know, AR, uh, you know, AK, uh, 45, one for me, one for thee. Okay. Whatever I spend. Okay. If I spend a thousand dollars on something, then she gets a thousand dollars worth of jewelry. Okay. And that was the, de- that was the deal. Okay. Cause I, I, I told her this is, uh, you know, this is what I want and we got to come up with, you know, a fair trade. What's our standard of trade, right? that keeps everyone happy and there you go. And that's, that's, and I'll get to the, the last part, which is really funny, which goes back to how I screwed up big time. 
and, and you know you, you get a chance to laugh at me. But the standards, if you have the expectation very clearly in your mind now, now ask yourself, have I set the standard for this person, for this employee, for the salesman, for this, you know, uh, for this child, as far as grades, as far as, you know, whatever, for this, for this athlete, as far as performance. And this becomes a matter of, okay, these are the things that I need you to get done. And these are the behaviors that will allow you to get that done. So every metric is matched with a behavior. That's just the way it works. You have to behave in certain ways and you change people's behavior by using those standards. So when people say, you know, my, my guy's too on, he's on the, he's on Facebook too much. He's on, he's smoking too much. He's talking to too many people, da, da, da. How much time should he have? I don't care. What I care about is the standard that we set. What's the standard of performance? Is this person meeting them? And are they engaging in the behaviors that allow this person to meet them? Now, if they're not hitting the standard of performance, that's the issue. And now we have to look at what behaviors are keeping you from hitting that standard. Okay, but the standard is what I care about. If you're hitting or, or exceeding the standard, I don't care what your behaviors are. If you're on Facebook or you're talking too much on the phone or you're texting to somebody, I, I don't care if you're hitting the standard. Now, what I would do is I would go, okay, because I know there's some of you out going, oh, that's crap, because if they worked harder, they could produce more. Great. Did you set that standard? Did you set it here or here? And how could, is it possible to say, let's set multiple standards. Let's set a gradient of standards. So this is the minimum that I need. And if they're capable of producing more, then you should pay them more. And when they do produce more, you pay them more. And then what ends up happening, if that's important to them, then certain behaviors will cut back so they can produce more. But here's the problem. People don't produce just for money. And people don't leave jobs for more money. They leave jobs because of managers. You have to talk to this person when you're talking about setting the standard, what does it do for them? What do they care about? What are the what are the things that they want from life? What are their goals? I mean, I talk to people all the time, and, and I was like, okay, and, and these are business owners, and, and they're like, well, you don't understand. I, I'm 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 too busy, and I was like, I have no doubt that you're too busy. I have no doubt that you're very very busy. The problem is, is the behaviors that you're engaging in aren't the behaviors that, that are going to get you the standard that you want. So the first thing you have to make up your mind out of your business, what's your expectation? I, you want to have a vacation at all. That's one big one. Do you want to have a vacation where you're in the backyard spraying the kids with a garden hose and that's vacation? Okay. Or do you want to go to the beach? Or do you want to go to Bora Bora, the Bahamas, or Hawaii? Okay, what's your expectation? That forms your standards. That forms the behaviors. That's what's going to get you to that next level. So if they're, if they're not performing up to that, focus on the behaviors that hit that standard. That's what you have to do. But first, you have to have the expectation. That's where people get so mad because they don't have a clear set of expectations in their head what they want from this person. They're just unhappy. I'm just unhappy. I just want more. Well, good luck with that. You know, we see okay. that a lot, and it's so, I think, frustrating for us when a business owner comes to us and says, we, we want to terminate this person. Why? 
they they're on the phone too much, they're on Facebook too much, or on whatever. And then we ask about what kind of documentation, what kind of you know performance improvement plan did you sign up? Where is it written about you are not allowed to be on Facebook or you're only allowed to be on Facebook this amount of time or whatever? And they're like, I don't have that. What do you mean you don't have that? Well, we never talked about that. I assume they knew they shouldn't be on their phone or that they shouldn't take too many breaks or they shouldn't be on Facebook, right? And that's where all the trouble comes in because they don't lay it out. And then they're shocked when people don't give them the performance that they just assumed they should know. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's so crazy. And it's like, I, I, I mean, we get hundreds of conversations over the years like that. And it's like, my goodness. So what you're saying to me is they're not doing any of the things you didn't tell them you wanted or needed done. And they're like, well, now that you say it like that sounds kind of dumb. Okay. Well, it happens all the time. Don't know how else to say it. So, and this, if this doesn't feel real to you, if this doesn't feel true, then totally ignore what I'm saying. Because obviously I, I have nothing to offer you. But for the 99% of the other ones out there, okay, because there's always 1%, here's the next step, though, okay? So what are your expectations? Make them extremely clear. Set them forth to the person as a standard. So one is expectations. Yes. Second one is standards. Now, the third one has to be accountability. And that's the one where you guys, uh, most people, 62% of the population will avoid confrontation at 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 any cost. Okay, and this is accountability. It's not a confrontation. You just got to hold them accountable to the standard that you both agreed to. You had a conversation. This is a standard. Do you agree that that's it? I'm going to trade. You're going to do X. I'm going to pay you Y. That's a standard. That's a psychological contract. Maybe it's even a written contract. But at that point, if they're not hitting that standard, now there has to be a method of accountability, which is a whole other conversation. But you have to hold them accountable. You have to talk to them. You know, we agreed that you would be able to produce blank. We're not hitting blank. How can I help you? Okay. How can I help you? You want to be there to help them reach that standard. You want to grow them. This is a, accountability is about coaching and mentoring and growing people. It's not necessarily about beating them with the stick. Now, some people have to be beat with a stick. I'll, you know, uh, that's going to happen. But maybe that's somebody you don't want to work for, work with. Okay, remember, surround yourself by happy, successful people. So let's talk about accountability when I talk to you about the, the, the weapons versus the jewelry. Yeah, I thought I'd be slick. So long time ago, long, long time ago, I bought a Colt match-grade AR heavy barrel, and um, it was $1,200 at the time. And I told my wife, because I thought I was a slick at buyer, because we kind of had an unofficial rule, but it wasn't a standard, it was just kind of an unofficial thing. She remember it was the standard, so I could slip through. But I didn't want to admit that I slipped it through. I was going to keep it to a thousand. I spent twelve hundred. So I told her it was nine fifty. I lied. Uh. Shouldn't have lied. Okay. Uh. Here's the problem. My wife's a very smart lady. <laughs> I don't know how much money I make. I have no idea. This this is how stupid I am. I have no idea how much money I make. She handles all that. Okay, I, I work a lot of hours, and she just handles all that. Why did I think that I could say it was nine fifty when it was really twelve hundred plus tax, and she pays all the bills and handles the bank account, and I didn't think she was going to find out. See, that's where 
accountability, setting a standard, this really wasn't a standard, but the standard of one for me, one for thee was a standard. And the accountability is if I catch you either way, either direction, I get to pay double. I get, I, I get what? double. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Very hard. This is the rule. So she checked, right? Because she's paying the bills. Trust, she's how much trust but there. verify. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's just going through and she's making sure she's like, oh, it was a 950 plus tax. It was 1200 plus tax. And then she brought it up to me and I said, yeah, it was 1200 plus tax. And she goes, okay, so we're looking at 2400 And I was like, plus oh, tax. plus tax. And I'm like, yeah, we're looking at 2400 I was like, okay, so where do you want to go now? Well, my wife is very much an action person. She said, we're going now. Now's the time. <laughs> and the bathrooms were clean because you did that earlier, right? The so. jewelry, jewelry store is open. Let's go now. So there we go. And and we didn't hit just one. We hit about 10. I mean, we I, I don't know how many we hit. But she, she made a day of it, okay? And, and God bless her, she should have because I should not have done that. But that's. That accountability part, right, with your people, how can I help you? Hold them accountable to that. Now, the problem is, is after you're having these conversations, you know, it, and, you know, you may want to say during the accountability, how can I help you? So if, if you're having trouble hitting that standard, is there anything that we could change that would help you hit that standard? Now we're going to start talking about behaviors, but we're going to walk around the barn a little bit. Okay. Is there any kind of, is there any kind of things that you're doing that we could, we could not do that would give you more time to be able to hit that standard? Okay. Let them say, well, I could spend less time on the phone or I could spend less time texting or I could spend less time smoking or whatever. You just hold them to the standard. Let them adjust whatever behaviors they need to adjust to hold the standard. And you do that religiously. You never back off week after week after week. You go through, and then if you have to, eventually you're going to have to write them up. And that's a whole other conversation. But the three words, what are your expectations? Clearly defined, written down. What do I expect from this person? Okay. What's the standard of performance that I turn those expectations into? We have the conversation. They agree. They have to do X. They get paid Y. Uh, your kid has to get extra grades. What's the benefit? What's the, what's the why? What's in it for me, right? There's always got to be something in it for everybody. That's the word. We're, we're hairless monkeys. We like shiny things. We like bananas, okay? You offer me a banana for doing a trick, I'll do a trick all day long, okay? You know, that we're, we're humans, okay? Or maybe you do something for nothing, but it makes you feel good inside. You're still, there's still a benefit. That's still, still a why. reward. Yes. And accountability. If they're doing well and they're doing above it, Praise them and set, hey, if we put the standard up a little bit, you could make a little bit more. And that said, you know, what kind of behaviors could, could we modify so that you would have, you'd be able to do that and how could I help you? And, and that's how you coach and mentor people to hit higher levels. So your three words are expectation, standards, accountability. Every problem that you have, if you stop and go back to, well, what did I expect? And then from what I expected, did I clearly explain that to them? And, and, and maybe it's not a standard if you're talking to a shop, but it really is. Did I clearly explain, explain to them what I wanted and what was in it for them? Did I clearly explain that? Because chances are you didn't and you're bad because they're not doing what you expected, but they 
a lot of times don't fully know what exactly you expected or what was in it for them. And the vast majority of people do not like to hold people accountable, don't even want to have that conversation. There's your three words. Love it. Thank you so much for joining us today. And um, I'm smiling like a fool thinking about you being drugged from store to store. I'm picturing a whole like Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman going in all the stores with you and Mrs. Zeeks. And I, I can't think of anything that delights me more than you having to do that kind of shopping. Because I think you would wear one color pants and one shirt and one pair of shoes your entire life and not ever get anything shushed up or bobbles. So I'm, I, I'm not the, a shushy bobby guy. The, the, the story just delights me. Well, thank you for your words of wisdom. And as always, I, I appreciate you and you sharing your time with me whenever you can, whether it's on here or somewhere else. And for the rest of all of you listening, George's contact information will be below, be below if you have any follow-up information, questions, something you want to ask him. I'm volunteering him. He doesn't didn't know that, but we didn't set the expectation for that, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll make a trade for something later on. And uh, everybody stay safe, make good choices, stay inspired, and I will be back next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maximum Optane, your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas, or you just want to be a guest on my show, I want to hear from you. You can reach me directly at mlpodcast at autotraining.net. Thanks for listening and keep seeking information everywhere that you can.